weekend sacrifice welcome along to the show this week's special guest joins me in studio her name is Marie Hunt and she's from the Cocoon Holistic but it's not just that this girl has many 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 layers to her and I'm so excited to have her here in studio Marie how are you this morning? Hi Katie oh I'm so excited to be here I love spin and I love music and I am so excited to be chatting with you this morning about all things um wonderful mindful living really and, and that's it Marie like I, I said it to you there before we came on two of us were almost grounding ourselves weren't we because yeah. <laughs> your vibe and aura is very much so like mine and I'm so yeah. excited yeah. what we are going to talk about today there might be some sensitive subjects so I do want to advise if anyone is affected by our conversation this morning you can reach out to Pieta House on 116123 or of course there is the Pregnancy and Infant Loss National Phone Line on 1800 807 and Marie, you were saying there is another online um, right. that you can reach out to. That's right. It's the website, the pregnancyandinfantsloss.ie website. <clears throat> it's a forum for where it provides all the signposts for support groups and advice, tips and coping mechanisms really for uh, after experiencing pregnancy and infant loss. Fantastic. Marie, I'm going to hand it over to you now. Tell me a little bit about you, who you are and what you do. Well, I suppose first of all, Katie, I am um, a mother. I'm a mother of four beautiful children. I also experienced two um, losses myself. So the topic we're talking about this morning is really close to my heart. I had a, a miscarriage. My first pregnancy was ended in miscarriage actually about eight or nine weeks. Uh, we had just been married and we were very excited to um, try for a baby and we did. And we got pregnant and we, we lost that baby unfortunately so I do know the lived experience of that um, I have I had uh, four other five other pregnancies My uh, I had a little boy then uh, Adam he's now 18 actually we're celebrating his, his 18th birthday happy birthday I know he'll kill me for mentioning that <laughs> <laughs> um, we had Adam and he was when Adam was a year old we were pregnant again and uh, I had a little boy uh, born at 32 weeks gestation and unfortunately he died after six hours of life in the neonatal unit wow. so I do know the experience as well and the um, ha- what helped me I suppose um, go through that trauma the pain of it the and come through and you know grieve that experience and it was a whole journey in itself so I am a mother I am a sister I'm a daughter I'm a wife to an amazing man um, that's my personal life I'm a human being with uh, who's very normal and I was just saying to Katie there before I came on I was feeling all nervous and, and kind of not all nervous but I was I was a bit jittery and then I got a text from my husband where's the key of the car <laughs> very grounding and like back to back to earth Marie you're a mother and uh, yeah so you know uh, we, we're, I'm human as well okay so I've had lots of life experiences and from a professional perspective then I have I'm a qualified nurse I started in Beaumont Hospital in 1996 and I went on then and I actually it's something I was thinking about this morning was and it might be very useful for any young person out there listening is I actually failed my biochemistry in my first year of nursing. Myself and a group of my friends and some of them are listening this morning. And, um, you know, while it can be a very kind of, um, it was a huge shock at the time and it looked like, it seemed like a disaster. It gave me an opportunity to do something else. So I worked in the hospice in Harold's Cross in Dublin and 
the I will never regret that year. That what the experience I gained um, working with families, caring for people who are at the end of life, and um, so that has that. I, now when I look back I realise actually that really enhanced where I'm at now having that experience of end of life for the older person or the person that was dying and uh, so then I went on to work as a midwife to train as a midwife in Limerick and um, I'm still there I'm still working in Limerick in the HSC as midwife and about 10 years ago after I had lost Jamie who was my little boy who died um, in the Neo that time I went through my own journey and then when I came out kind of resurfaced after that having learned what I learned about pregnancy and infant loss and what helped me to cope and about grief and you know how important it is for us to acknowledge our emotions I thought you know what a a position came up in the maternity to do the job as a clinical midwife specialist in bereavement and loss support and care so I went on to do my masters in counselling and psychotherapy and um, I'm now working as a clinical midwife specialist Um, I've done lots of other courses and you know um, mindfulness and I suppose supportive um, techniques I suppose that enhance me as a person as a human being as a mother Um, but also as a I suppose, a, a person who can help people. So I then decided I'd set up my own practice. So I, that's what I'm doing now as well. Yeah, so... Wow, that is, I was just Sorry. about to say, that was a complete... <laughs> no, but that is, like, what you do is amazing and you know how I feel about what you do and you have so many strings to your belt. We're going to kick it off, though, with talking about being a midwife. Mm-hmm. You um, deliver babies into this world, which mm. I feel is the most beautiful job mm. that you could ever do mm. and of course we met I was emceeing an event at Focus Ireland mm. going back a couple of weeks ago and mm. I got to hear you speak mm. and you blew me away uh, oh, speaking you. on the stage and you made one comment that really stuck in my head and I think it'll set off our conversation lovely. You said that it's the best job in the world because you get to bring these babies into the world who are absolutely the purest things and what you meant by the purest human beings is they have not yet have had layers put on them. So mm-hmm. during our life, as we grow, mm-hmm. as we learn, we have traumas put on us. Mm-hmm. We have experiences mm-hmm. put on us. Mm-hmm. And little by little, these experiences build us yes. to be a certain person yeah. with certain behaviours. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes those behaviours might not be good for us mm-hmm. and sometimes they can. Mm-hmm. But I thought that statement was mm. just so yeah. beautiful because it's the yeah. truth, isn't it? Yeah, it's so true. So true, you know. Um, and like anybody out there who's witnessed the birth of a baby, their own or someone else's baby, they, it's just, a, a, it's a, it's such a beautiful experience. Like it's life-changing really when you see that and witness the miracle of it. It is such a beautiful thing. Um, there are no words that you can put on that feeling when you see that and when you, when you get to deliver or assist in the birth of a baby and support a mother through that. Honestly, it is the most rewarding thing because you see na- Mother Nature at her best. You see, you know, life. It's like death and life and death. It's like there are two moments where there's the, there are no words. There's something, there's a presence there that you cannot put a word on, right? For sure. Yeah, so when the baby is born, it's just a blank canvas is the way I like to look at it. You know, we were all babies. We were all that blank canvas once upon a time. So what I do and love to talk about in my therapy is that going back to when we were babies, 
and to remember, you know, at, as if we can, or to just remind ourselves that we were that blank canvas once upon a time, and to be curious about what layers that maybe are the things that we've picked up along the way as we've rolled through life, depending on what family we were in, what school we went to, society's um, expectations of us, the ways of being of our family, of our parents, of our you know teachers in school, of the government, or, or, or whatever you know. So things that we to be curious about how we have landed in this world, um, and. To, all, to take ownership, I suppose, really, about who we are, to recognise things that we might have t- uh, taken upon us, um, you know, that are, you know, that mightn't fit with us now as adults, okay? So I love to talk about all that and to be curious about it. And of course, every one of us are individuals. We were born, born into this world as those little babies, um, unique in our own way, with our own unique DNA with our own worldview and if anybody's into astrology we've got our own birth date we've got our I own I love that star sign. we've got a, I'm obsessed I'm not an expert at all but I have a friend who is so good and I've had my own uh, birth chart done and it was absolutely fantastic it was the best thing I ever did for myself very deeply personal but um, so yeah we're all born like you know into the world unique in our own way but we're born into the families and into the world that we're in the society we're born and the culture we're born into so I love to encourage people to be curious about that because there's there's a lovely kind of sense of um, responsibility upon us then and a freedom to, to choose whether we want to hold on to those things that might be you know projected upon us or expectations or or not you know and for some people of course it can be very um, traumatic and it's a healing journey to mm-hmm. realize you know what that was put upon me or I did have that trauma or I did have that abuse or I did have that that was not right you know um, so so I love to explore all that, Katie, you know, um, and with regard to, to babies and, and you know, infants and infant loss and pregnancy loss, it's something that I, you know, again, it's like historically in Ireland, you know, pregnancy, miscarriage, you know, women's bodies, babies, you know, I just know it from my, the work that I do and from women that have spoken to me over the years about losing their babies uh, maybe 50 years ago. It was something that wasn't acknowledged. No. You know. And it wasn't. It, 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 this is what it is. It, it, you were, it was brushed under the rug. You know, this is something you ha- that happened to you and you have to deal with it. And I suppose putting the two things that we're talking about together is these things that we're talking about, the experiences that are put on us, like losing a baby. Mm-hmm. And some women mightn't seek the help. Some women mightn't, you know, dig deep like we have, mm. Marie, to, mm. to figure out mm. what is. Mm. These things can affect you, can't they? Mm. And yeah, sure. they're the experiences yeah. that, if not dealt with, can come out with behavioural issues. And that's what you dig in exactly. with holistic yeah, therapy exactly. to take away those layers. Exactly. To, to look at the layers. To First of all, to be curious about ourselves. To look at ourselves as unique human beings outside of our family unit or outside of our society but just to dig to, to, to look inwards and we're not taught that I suppose and we're not you know it's very kind of a new but now we've come really a long way I think in recent years look you know we're, talking, we're way more aware about mental health and there's so many you know beautiful resources out there online and everything to 
to encourage people to be mindful and all that kind of thing. That's something else I want to talk about in a minute. But <clears throat> I suppose, yes, so digging, digging, like acknowledging, I suppose. So look and to, to acknowledge our own experiences. So with regard to pregnancy or infant loss or any type of grief and loss that we experience or any experience at all, whether it's a trauma, it takes courage to look at it, of course. Mm-hmm. Some people might avoid and might run away because they, looking at it might feel uncomfortable and it might be difficult to, to go there because it's painful. Of course, it could be painful, but getting the right help to help you actually to look at it, to feel it, acknowledge it and to let it go, to like, ultimately to let it pass through you, the experience of it, emotionally, physically, mentally, energetically, to let the experience to acknowledge, look at it and allow it to pass through you. And I think that's what I, that's what I, my focus is on in Cocoonalistic is people come and, and we talk about whatever's going on for them and it takes courage to do that. And I always like, I just think people are very brave, but I know the benefits because I've done it myself. And that's it, Marie. I have been very open about my journey. I've yeah. spoken to you about my healing yeah. journey and yeah. it's something, if it was if this knowledge was given to me so many years ago, um, I would have dived straight in. Yeah. And it was something I didn't know mm. that you have to deal with the experience. You have yeah. to acknowledge the trauma. Yeah. And I think it's massive, isn't it, to say this morning how that's where people end up getting into the road of addiction. People end mm. up getting into the road of self-sabotage mm-hmm. and they don't know why they they're doing it. Yeah, and it's right. because you're being triggered mm. every day from mm. something within mm. you that you mm. haven't dealt with. That's right, exactly. So it's as you say, Katie, at the beginning, it's layers, you know, and healing happens in layers. But also we go through life and we gather layers. So looking through the layers, what happens? You know, wh- how are you? Where are you? What were your life experiences? What have you been through? What what um, residue did that leave on you? You know, or what mark does it leave? We've all had wonderful positive experiences too. And I love to focus on the positive. Like look at your positive things, your positive traits, things you've, exper- you've done in your life. And that, because a lot of people come and they have very low self-esteem and self-worth because the heaviness and the burden of the experiences they've had can become overwhelming. And they haven't a space maybe to talk about it or haven't someone to reach out to or someone to lean on that they can trust or feel heard with their experience because our experiences are so deeply personal to us nobody can understand how we feel and that's one thing I do kind of focus on as well is like owning our own experience because nobody can understand how we feel as much and all as we might feel angry with them you know I know from my own journey I was angry with the world they didn't know how I felt I was really cross and annoyed about that and it's something massively important for women who've experienced pregnancy and infant loss and it's something they talk to me about all the time like the world is moving on like how would the world move how is the world moving and on and I'm not and my pain is still as raw today as it was maybe six years ago or six months ago or six weeks ago how can the world move on you know but it can and that's life isn't it you know and it Every was very time. difficult to for me to, at the time to get my head around that it was like how but I, I came to the realisation nobody can feel my pain. It's my body. It's my experience. My, my connection with my babies is so deeply personal to me. And any woman that is out there who has had a pregnancy loss, or our baby, our pregnancy, or longing for a pregnancy, you know that experience is so deeply personal to you. Nobody can understand. As much as we want them to, they actually can't. You know, so... I think when you see that and try and understand it, we have more compassion for people when they say the wrong thing or they don't say anything at all, you know, or they, you know, they mightn't acknowledge it. They might be afraid to say anything because they don't know what to say. But also they don't know what it's like unless they've experienced it themselves 
or and they can't understand how it feels in your body. And also it's important to say, Katie, as well on that, how it's different for men and women in a relationship when they're going through anything in life. We're, and all of us as families and everything, nobody can understand how you feel in your body, especially with pregnancy and infant loss, while it's the same loss they've experienced, you know, couples they have had a different experience in that loss because it is um, they've both experienced it differently physically and emotionally you know so um, and how important mm-hmm. is it for the man and the woman like I, I do I'd like to touch on the male side for a second mm. because obviously we we carry the baby we go through the loss but the male is there too mm. you know the male had their yeah. hopes up to yeah. you know have this baby this go through this pregnancy with their partner mm. um, how important is it for the male to address what he's feeling as well yeah it really is you know and it, it really is about um I suppose the ability to emotionally connect, right, with themselves and be and understand how they're feeling. So it's emotional, like you know, um, and maturity and communication. And I suppose outside of that, first of all, it's important to say from the minute we have the positive pregnancy test or the not or our negative pregnancy test, right, that is an experience the woman has, right. She's t- doing the test and she feels that viscerally in her body. While the man, it can look at it, he can't feel it. What it feels like to yes. you know. So we we have a positive pregnancy test. We feel it pregnant. You know, we feel the symptoms and everything. So it's a different physical experience. So for the men, they are looking on at the experience, but they can't feel the physicality of the pregnancy. While they can be there and supportive, and there, it, it absolutely affects men for sure. But how they express it and feel it, it is different. That's all. It's just different. It's not less. It just is different. And I think sometimes it's important and it's helpful for couples to realise that and communicate with each other to say right what do you need what do you need of me how are you getting how, how is this going for you communication communication is, key. is everything isn't it oh. and every asset of every relationship <laughs> for sure for sure yeah well Marie uh, when we get back I'm going to take a short break but when we get back I want to talk to you about infertility, infertility and how women are suffering and how it does affect us when trying to conceive um, something I have experienced myself. So we will be back very soon with Marie Hunt. Sit tight and I'm going to play a little bit of music. This one is Zara Larson. It's Can Tamer. 10.26. Good morning. I'm still joined in the studio with Marie Hunt from Cocoon Holistic. Marie, I want to jump straight into uh, infertility. Now this comes in so many different forms doesn't it? And I'm going to be open this morning and I said I would share my own experience with you. I too struggled uh, with conceiving and getting pregnant and it wasn't an easy road and I had a miscarriage mid uh, between my daughter and my son Mm. so I I have lived and felt that experience so I'm hoping if anyone's listening in today it will help Mm -hmm. Uh, earlier on in life I found out that I had so many gynecologists you know, gynae issues right. from polycystic ovary syndrome to mm. endometriosis to PMDD. Wow. I have the whole lot of it. Yeah, sure. Listen, wow. you're the expert. <laughs> <laughs> it's endless. It's endless. And you know, these things aren't easy to talk about and yeah. especially on national radio. But mm. I always said, if I sit in this seat, I will be as honest and brutally open as I can. So I yeah, went through the experience when younger 
to when I decided I did want to have children with my husband and it wasn't an easy experience. Mm. I remember the the whole journey was just a massive roller coaster. Mm. So I went as far as getting the injections mm-hmm. and I think it was Clomid am mm-hmm. I thinking yes, is that right yeah, yeah. and you know taking the oral mm-hmm. medication mm-hmm. as well now luckily enough there was a stage where I just said look if this is going to happen it will happen mm-hmm. and, I, and I stepped a little bit back from the medications the injections right. and luckily I fell pregnant with my daughter yeah. and I will never forget the emotion oh. as you just said there of yeah. seeing pregnant yeah. on that stick yes. it's it's another feeling it is and yeah I just feel like there's so many women that are suffering through this and Mm -hmm. I really want to talk this morning the importance of when you're younger and in your 20s and you're living life Mm -hmm. and you're living your best life Mm -hmm. and you know I think you do know when you're younger don't you I want to be a mother yes this is what I want I want to have a family when I'm older Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to do that until I'm 30 35 40 whatever age how important is it for you to plan ahead and I mean plan ahead from the aspect of getting yourself checked out when you're younger Mm -hmm. for things like me I never knew Mm -hmm. you know that these issues polycystic ovary syndrome Mm -hmm. endobridiosis was ever going to become an issue Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. in getting pregnant Mm -hmm. and making my family Mm -hmm. so how important is it for the younger generation that are listening in this morning Mm -hmm. to really be prepared in mm. getting yourself checked and making mm-hmm. sure everything's okay mm. before making the step of having a family. Yeah, so um, thank you, Katie, for sharing that. And uh, it, it, it takes courage to do that. And it is, but it is something that is very nowadays really, really common, I suppose, isn't it? Fertility mm-hmm. problems and people struggling with um, their cycles and all of that. So first, I suppose, I would say it's li- lifestyle, right? So when you're 20s, we, you know, we've all done a party and we have fun and, you know, but the, some of the greatest risk factors are lifestyle, really, for your, your endocrine system and for your so for your ovarian health and function. So we'll say alcohol, drugs, smoking, um, being like overweight, being underweight, um, eating disorders, things like that, they can actually have an impact on your fertility because they put stress on your endocrine system. So that's really important to, I suppose, to be mindful of. That's all. You know, d- damage can be done, you know, uh, to the body. For sure. Um, and it, But it's not to put blame on that either. We've all had parties. We all, all have had fun. But, you know, so if, it, you know, it's, but it's at the same time, it's something to be mindful of, right? Um, but also then your cycle, you know, there, there are, you know, People, you know, I suppose looking at your cycle and if there are any, th- is there, if there's any issues there, to go to a doctor who's actually specialised in fertility. I would say, like if you have a good GP, some GPs are really up to date and up to speed on on um, reproductive health, which is really good. Uh, so find someone who's really good and up to date and up to speed on what's right for you. And I would say go and get have investigations as soon as you feel look it's something that's on your mind, go and do it. Go and speak to a specialist, get the bloods done, have a baseline at least of where you're at in your 20s. You know, years ago, um, women had babies in their, you know, their early 20s. It was. I was going to say that to you. So like, obviously Mm. back in the day, um, everyone, you know, women and men were having babies so much younger. People are are pushing the boat out now. They are pushing the boat out now. And that is, I suppose, one of the things that um, we, our, our fertility probably in our mid-30s starts to decline and, you know, and declines more rapidly after 37. So once you hit the age of 40, it is it can decline 
um, you know, even further. And then you have the increased risk of um, fetal anomalies and the chromosomal problems um, because, you know, the DNA, I suppose, of the eggs and the sperm mightn't be as good, right? So I suppose like that, you, people are still having babies later. So it is very important to be mindful of your lifestyle, be mindful of your cycle. If it's something that you're thinking about, even if it's a couple of years time, I would go and see a specialist and have a, have a baseline. See how things are now because you might be surprised what you find. You might think, you know what, we have to change our plans. We have to try and get do this now. You know? I love that you said be mindful of your lifestyle because mm. I was overweight when yeah. I was trying for, for my children right. and my eating habits weren't the healthiest. Yeah. And that played a lot into how I was feeling emotionally. Yeah. and it, it's massive mm. and not even going getting checked when I was younger obviously you had all as you said there missing your cycle mm. missed periods mm. all of that mm. I never actually thought okay I need to go and see a mm. gynecologist mm. that happened later on when I realised that I was having issues mm-hmm. now I absolutely am on it this time I have a teenage daughter and yes. I've already brought her yeah. just yeah. to make sure yeah. everything's okay yeah. obviously I know that yeah. I it, the genes are there for yeah. polycystic yeah. ovary syndrome yeah. and endometriosis yeah. mm. so I went and I did that yeah. I got the bloods done got her yeah. scan got her checked yeah. Super. just to be on top of it yeah. and people are of course having children later in life now mm. because mm. you know they're taking their careers mm. on board mm-hmm. they're taking their finances on board right. yeah. and it is great but yeah. also as you mm. said it mm. does decline it does decline in age that's right yeah. so it is yeah. important mm. the to mm. really just get these things checked. And I urge yes. anyone that's listening in this morning and has a question for Marie or even has a question for myself mm. or you're experiencing something mm. and you want to share it, you can mm. drop that into our WhatsApp now on 0877-102-103. It is endless, this this talk, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. Yeah, it, it, it's something that is, there's so many, as you said, Katie, so many, you know, variations of fertility issues, so many causes, so many very personal um you know issues that people might have that might be affecting their fertility so like it is very personalized so i would say go to a doctor and talk to them because it, it, for you it might be you know it's one thing for someone else and and so we can't compare either no comparing so, so there's you no can't. comparing isn't it you can't compare yourself to somebody else or someone else compare their story to yours because your body is so unique to you and also it's a very important thing Katie to say the focus is often i find put on the woman's body even for ourselves in the miscarriage clinic or whatever you know it's the woman's like it's all of the investigations everything the men actually it's really important to have healthy sperm as well okay like that's it and even I forgot there I'm like yeah it's all about the woman (laughs) but it's important for the men to be checked absolutely the men need to be sure that their lifestyle um, is supportive of healthy DNA healthy sperm and definitely drugs alcohol weight and all those things that women if can affect women's endocrine system and their sperm uh, and their their, their ovaries um my son, I'm just thinking my son is going to kill me. <laughs> Talk about sperm and testicles <laughs> on a Saturday morning. Saturday morning we oh do apologise. Anyway, my, my apologies. But it's very real and it's the human body and I'm not ashamed of it. And But we shouldn't be ashamed either. But yeah, so the men, I think it's it's important to say it. Men's bodies, they're, they're, they're part to play in reproductive well-being and producing a baby and fertility. It takes two. So, you know, it is something that is often forgotten, you know, and I've noticed that over the years. So, yeah, just to say, get the men checked also. It's a very important thing. For sure. Marie, we're going to go to a break now, but when I get back, I'm so excited. We're going to dive in to healing. Okay, so this is massive for me, the healing journey, and I know I bark on about it, 
but it can change your life and your world. So keep it here. Very shortly, we're going to be back chatting with Marie and Mabel Notes' fine line is on the way. There we go. We are still joined in studio with Marie Hunt. She is from Cocoon Holistic. She is a midwife. She is a nurse. She is a mother, a sister, a daughter. She is all the above. Marie, thanks so much for joining me again today. We are going to jump straight from... um, miscarriage and all the traumas that can be put on us and the layers that can be put on us in life and how we can heal and be the best version of ourselves. Now I'm massively into this. I'm on a journey for the last five years of taking away all those layers that don't benefit mm. me, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. lifestyle yeah. and what aligns with my goals. Yeah. Now this is something that's massively important and yeah. something people don't realise. A massive stigma is, you know, oh if you go to therapy or you get in with these, you know, healing journeys, <coughs> Asher, what's that? You're only talking to people. It's actually not the case though, is it? No. It you are yeah. working yeah. on the yeah. vessel that you're living in. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're taking away all the bad things that are mm-hmm. affecting you on the daily mm-hmm. and healing them so that you can move forward with sureness in your life. And, you know, things for me that were massive was being sure within my decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, not looking for outside validation. Mm -hmm. Loving myself so much Mm -hmm. that I know whatever life throws at me Mm. I will get through it Mm -hmm. so let's dive into a little bit of healing and Mm. how important Mm. and beneficial it can be to dig into that yeah Um, for sure Katie Um, we are now in society I think getting more aware of how important it is you know to mind our mental health to mind our physical well-being our emotional health as well is something I love to talk about so looking at us I suppose from my perspective look at us as holistic uh, beings we are more than just our physical body you know, we are uh, our emotional body, we are our um, mental health, our mental body and our energy we bring with us from the things we've gathered along the way. So digging deep, I suppose, and diving into that personally for us, I do like. I think it's really important for us now to acknowledge that um, and to own our own stuff. As I say, your story, the stuff, you own it, you know, with compassion for yourself, like you would your best friend if they were going through something. That's massive. really hard, you know, isn't it? Talk to yourself how you yes. talk to your friends or advise your friends self-negative talk is massive hugely hugely um, um, I suppose destructive to us as human beings and I love and so being curious about that is where I love to focus on being curious about how we are as human beings how we talk to ourselves the things we've we we say to ourselves in our mind our judgments and I'm not good enough or I should be this way to notice it without judgment to notice and be curious about it and say okay that's something I say to myself all the time why do I say that to myself did I pick that up along the way somewhere did somebody say that to me regularly when I was very small or very young and maybe it wasn't right or maybe it wasn't it isn't something that's helpful to me now or maybe it's just something that we have a belief about ourselves because of our insecurities you know um, and to be curious about it now as adults you know to, to take ownership and I think that's where healing starts you take ownership and you make a decision that you want to feel better that you want to dig deep, <clears throat> that you want to look at who you are as a person, that you want to go through the layers. Some people are afraid to do that because they might uncover some stuff that is uncomfortable or that is traumatic or that is um, that they don't want to feel, you know. And the emotional body, you see, is what I love to hone in on because 
as Irish people, for many of us growing up, you know, for me in the 70s, 80s now. I was 80, I was late 70s, 80s. We'll go with 80s. We'll go with 80s. But anyway, yeah, so historically in Ireland, just, you know, the most important things, we say for my parents and their parents before them, their most important um, things in their life was, you know, survival, food, shelter, you know, minding, minding the family. Have you, have you got the livestock? Have you got, you know, food to put on the table? That was the most important thing. Emotions, you know, didn't matter. Most part, it wasn't really talked about or acknowledged because it wasn't the priority, you know. So that's why people were tough and they kept going and they were incredible. What they withstood, I'm not sure in today's society many of us would it would hold comfortably you know cold and whatever challenges they had years ago they were incredibly resilient and very strong in their ability to survive but for now we've come so far we've got all those luxuries and all those beautiful comforting things we've got food we've got comfortable homes we've all the luxuries um, we're able to kind of focus on the other areas of us and it's the evolution of the human when I go and get philosophical about everything the evolution of the human experience now we're looking deeper and looking deeper mental health and our emotional body. So I love to talk about the emotional body, Katie, because maybe we didn't learn to acknowledge our emotional body, but bringing it back to the babies again, I love in my in my therapy rooms to talk about the babies when we were babies, looking at us as babies and children. And it can be very emotional for people when they look back and they think about it. And I, I help them to visualize themselves as a baby or as a small person because we were all there once upon a time. And when we were there, we were tr- totally authentic in our expression of our emotion. Babies will express how they feel every moment they are presently aware they are mindful every minute we were the same as babies and children we were not thinking about tomorrow or next week unless someone told us we were going to the zoo maybe when we were five or six we were thinking is it today is it today but it always is it today um, or we're not thinking about you know last week we're thinking we're just totally present so I I I love to talk about that to remind people we we all were mindful and the word mindfulness now it's a whole world and it's a word it's like a buzzword it, but it's a signpost to something a way of being that actually is not something to be attained some people f- they're under pressure to oh this mi- I need to be mindful actually we were all mindful once upon a time we and we still are we still can be but we've forgotten because we come into our into our head and we've been programmed we've, we've been, been programmed. we've we've had things put on us and it's no it, the massive thing about healing is is it's not about the blame game no. of who put these things onto no. us no. it's about removing them absolutely and working through mm. what you know mm. will make you the best version of yourself Um, Marie we could talk about this forever I can't believe the hour is up (laughs) I know and yeah yeah, it's just it's something it's a minefield it is a minefield absolutely Katie and just to say absolutely no blame so it's be curious um, for yourself what 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 world did you grow up in family dynamics or whatever whatever you know you've gathered along the way ways of being but but to not judge it because um, that does, that's not helpful to anybody but take ownership of it okay and what I do encourage people is there's a lovely um, I suppose it's something really that we all can do something and again bringing us back to when we were children being mindful being present moment aware of our senses so we're bringing it back to the senses sight sound smell taste touch when we really tune in like we did when we were children with whatever we were playing with you know going down and looking at something in real detail um 
listening to the, the birds when you're outside or the trees rustling. Taste and smell smell your coffee. Really smell it. Taste your food. Really taste the textures and, and the flavours of it. And touch. So touch. Soothing the body with, with the touch. Um, so that is what I, you know, it's a very basic thing. It doesn't cost anything. We can all do that. Bring ourselves back into our senses and remind ourselves when we were children we wore that. And have compassion. It's a very important thing as well that I, I really do encourage people to do it with compassion for yourself and for those around you who were doing the best they could as well, you know. That's and massive. It is massively important. It is, you know, that don't not to blame, you know, but but it, okay, there are things that happened that were not okay um, to people and but it's good to acknowledge that as well, but also just have compassion for yourself. And then it brings the idea, the notion of being compassionate for other people in your life who also went through their own journey even if they were in the same family, their own journey as a human being in, you know, in their experience of living, friends, uh, you know, colleagues that you work with every day, they also have been on their journey. So if we can at all, yes, the, people can be mean and all that kind of thing, but they're coming from a place of their own experience. So owning your own journey, owning your own experience in this human body and being compassionate and kind to yourself and knowing that anybody else outside that is going through their own as well. So self-compassion, mindful living, breath work and uh, tuning into the senses. Um, that's really important. It's uh, massive. massive. It is. It really is, Marie. Mm. If anyone wanted to reach out to you or follow you across social media, Marie, mm-hmm. we're nearly out of time. Yeah. What, where would they find you? So um, I'm uh, Cocoon Holistic is my Instagram and Facebook page. So that's really mainly where I I connect with others, you know. Um, my phone number is on there. You can direct message me there either as well if anybody wanted to link in. I do provide um, one-to-one counselling psychotherapy sessions. I'm a midwife also. I do pre-conceptual one-to-ones and I do post-traumatic birth experiences sessions also for mamas and dads and babies. And I also am a Reiki master and a Reiki therapist and I do love to talk and to meet my clients and recognize and acknowledge the connection between the mind and the body and how the body work actually we store trauma in our body and Reiki therapy is so beautifully um, powerful in helping to release the traumas that we gather through life so I love that too so yeah it's a lovely space out in Newcastle West um, so yeah connect and, and link in if anybody would like to that's amazing Marie thank you so much for coming on today thank and giving so us much. all that knowledge thank honestly you, Katie. I could it talk to you all day <laughs> and again if any of you have been affected by anything in this talk reach out to Pieta House at 116123 or the Pregnancy and Infant Loss National phone number line is 1800 80 70 77 do keep it here lots more coming your way Marie again thank, thank you thank you so much Katie Spin now with Griffith College Limerick